0: Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Robin Nissa. Hello. We will be getting right into the normal episode of Morgan Dorks in, in just a little bit, but we wanted to uh, speak to you just a little bit uh, first to kind of ask you the same thing we've all kind of been asking each other of late, which is how are you? Uh, how are you doing? Are you okay? It's kind of a, a rough and awful time at the moment. Uh, it's also a time of, of hope and, you know, a, a remarkable time of, of solidarity. And it's been, uh, this weird mix of, of crushing and uplifting, uh, the, f- the footage that's come out. If this sounds a little disjointed, it's because we don't have too much experience, uh, introducing or hosting podcasts in a time of crisis.
1: And this is certainly not scripted.
0: <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah. Which you can, you can probably tell, <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, has been truly wonderful about hosting this thing is, and and you know, everything surrounding this podcast and and you know, the show of Daria in general is the the diversity and the solidarity between the people who who enjoy it. You know, we've got fans from from all walks of life, and it's been just phenomenal seeing how many people you know one love this show uh, despite, you know, coming from so many different backgrounds and, and places and times uh, and, and two you know, seeing that one of the things that this, this podcast was founded on the idea that, that Daria is a show that reaches across lines and, and still has a lot to say in the modern world has has all kind of come to fruition. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, in, in, in this time, I mean, you know, we're we're in the middle of, of Pride Month, um, and we're in the middle of of a time of great civil upheaval, and and you know, renewing this incredibly important conversation that I wish, like hell, we didn't have to have anymore. Um, but you know, we are going to keep having it. We may end up having to have it all over again at some point in the near future, and and obviously, we hope it doesn't come to that. But To everybody out there protesting, to everybody out there donating, having the hard conversations, doing everything you can, we see you, we hear you, we are there with you.
1: And thank you.
0: Yeah, God, thank you so much. And with that, uh, I think I'm going to, I guess, move on with the show?
1: Yes. Excuse me. 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 Excuse me.
0: Excuse me. Hello everybody and welcome to Morgadorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press.
1: And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at season four, episode one. (laughs) I had to think there for a minute. (laughs) Partners complaint. Time, you know, is a flat circle. I just don't I just don't know anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Time means absolutely nothing at this point. No,
1: you're right. Anyway. Partners Complain, (laughs) in which a (laughs) rift between Daria and Jane keep them from working together on a project and gives the B-plot gang some much-needed airtime. This episode aired on February 25th, 2000, and being a season premiere, was of course written by Glenn Eichler. He gave us our previous episode, Jane's Edition, as well as Right Where It Hurts, The Misery Chick, and Through a Lens Darkly. Together, those episodes make up nearly half of our top 10.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that until I was just glancing over our episode rankings again. I was like, oh, shit.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That Glenn Eichler.
1: I guess he knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he writes himself a decent episode of Daria. <laughs> All right, do we want to get into our beat by beat? Yeah, sure. All right. So we open the season with a familiar scene, Daria and Jane walking home from school. What's different, however, is the topic of conversation. Jane's talking all about Tom and a date they went on, and Daria's kind of exhausted by it. Through the conversation, it's revealed we haven't met Tom before because he doesn't go to Lawndale High. He goes to a local prep academy. It's also revealed that some of the tensions from the end of season three have not yet been fully dissolved. Tom pulls up alongside the pair and offers them a ride. Daria noting that she's only a few houses down, declines, but Jane hops in and the two drive away to David Bowie's Thursday's child, leaving Daria alone and sighing to herself.
1: I really feel like we did not miss a beat going in from <laughs> from the last season. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wonder I wonder how much the fact that we are watching this episode all of a week and a half removed from watching the previous episode, like, I wonder how much that's going to actually impact how we feel about just a lot of the conflict here.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't really thought of it. But um, I, I think that because we are watching it immediately, you know, two weeks later, <laughs> um, all of this is super fresh. And so it feels like we're rehashing a little bit like, OK, Daria why aren't you over this? But um, it really does create a sense of continuity between the seasons that we haven't seen before.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and we'll talk a little bit about continuity, uh, just a shade a little bit later on. But it is kind of, it's both neat to see uh, and also a little bit like, like you said, like, wow, I thought we kind of, I thought we had kind of handled this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I seem to remember a whole episode about handling this. Hmm. <laughs> well, by the same token, like it it's again, you know, we we talked last episode about how it was interesting that flaws are part of what make characters interesting. And sometimes a character flaw is or sometimes the fact that you can have a flaw again <laughs> uh is a character flaw. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> you um, can fall back into that same you know, that same habit of thought, you know, it's it's human. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. It's flaws all the way down. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Tom's parents being loaded?
1: Uh,
0: I guess more to the point, you know, w- what do we think it says about Tom as a character that he's like clearly trying to distance himself from their wealth?
1: So- I typically wouldn't be too bugged by this because he's a teenager, right? It's kind of what teenagers do is distance themselves from their parents. Right. (laughs) But (laughs) the fact that his clunker of a car was his pickup move when he met Jane, it tells me that it's more of a tool or a weapon that he uses rather than a character statement. And I'm not so cool with that.
0: I hadn't thought of that Ooh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, that feels weird now. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, there, are, there will be plenty of discussion about Tom's car over the next two seasons. I imagine so.
1: At first, when when he pulls up, I thought that it was a new car because you didn't see all the rust on it. But but then it panned out, and you know it was still a rust bucket. So (laughs) yeah,
0: (laughs) at certain angles, it looks almost like a relatively new vehicle.
1: Yeah. So, so I mean the fact that he is in private school and you know, Jane is obsessed and, (laughs) and he's (laughs) used his, you know, his, um, rust bucket of car as a way to pick up Jane. It kind of leaves me feeling a little, a little icky.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that makes sense.
1: I mean, if he, a, a, at least by, a, at least by embracing the car, he is recognizing, you know, the difference in social and economic class. Whereas like, Daria kind of lives like all in on her suburban paradise, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it is what it is, I guess.
0: <laughs> Those bougie Morgendorfers.
1: Yeah, well, she, she has it pretty good and I I don't think she realizes all the time. So, no. but we can talk about that later. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, that will be relevant mm-hmm. in the very near future. Um, also just want to point out th- this show looks a lot nicer now. Like the animation oh, is much yeah. smoother, everything's a little crisp or a little bit more crisp, like it got a, a pretty nice upgrade over over the course of, of the uh, the season break. At school the following day, tensions are still high. Uh, Daria wants to know what Jane did last night. Jane plays off the fact that she was hanging out with Tom, and Daria insists Jane doesn't have to walk around on eggshells, despite like all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> uh, they're in the middle of that discussion when they stumble upon Kevin and Brittany, who are arguing over which one of them is smarter. Kevin's views on the differences in intelligence between the sexes are, to put it charitably, gross and misogynist. The two storm off in different directions, leaving Jane and Daria to talk about what they just witnessed. Daria with no provocation. Jane says you have to give Brittany credit for not conforming to Kevin's vision of her. And that's kind of it. Tries to link Jane's thoughts on Kevin and Brittany to the current situation between Jane and herself. Jane's kind of blindsided by that. Understandably so. Uh, Jane defends herself and tells Daria in no uncertain terms to get over it. Daria politely storms off.
1: It's such a leap <laughs> that Daria takes for, from Kevin and Brittany's conversation to their own situation that is right? really hard for the brain to process. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. It's so massive, and and I like that. I like that Jane is right there with us <laughs> in the reaction to that. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I appreciate that. I also like, you know, it's. I don't know. You you write in here that, that Daria's stuck in her own head and she can't see past her own insecurities. And I really love the way that's put because it, it's.
1: Well, thank you for. <laughs> I, yeah I mean I mean she's 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 just stuck there and that's and that's what happens when you're stuck in your head. You just don't make sense to other people sometimes.
0: <laughs> you don't make sense to other people sometimes and you start seeing everything in terms of how it reflects on you or how you are mm-hmm. reflected in it, you know and, and you know it, it's it's selfish, it's it, it is alienating. It's also just kind of what happens sometimes. Yep, <laughs> people are sh- people are shitty in this way.
1: Well, uh, you know, I, we we've established that Daria is is an anxious sort of person, and this is what happens with anxiety. You know, it
0: yeah, absolutely
1: makes it it makes it very very hard to process what's actually going on around you. Totally. So there it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So off we go to economics class where we see Ms. Bennett for what feels like the first time in ages. Uh, They're setting aside their books and learning about real-life economics, which is to say they'll be partnering up and renting an apartment, applying for a credit card, opening a retirement account, etc., just to see how these things work. Daria rather pointedly asks if they need to partner up with anyone, and Ms. Bennett insists. Outside of class, Daria admits she said it to tick Jane off, and Jane admits it worked. The two run into Jody who is also looking for a partner for the project, since Mac is apparently terrible with money. Uh, The three end up in the orbit of the second round of Brittany and Kevin's fight, and when Brittany insists she doesn't want to partner with Kevin, she sets her eyes on a new partner. Jody, sensing trouble, quickly snatches Daria up, leaving Jane to work with Brittany.
1: So let's talk about this project (laughs) that they're supposed to be doing. This project
0: is brilliant. And I wish anybody had done anything like this with me when I was in high school.
1: yeah um I think that when I was in high school, we took some time out of health class to learn how to budget expenses and and balance a checkbook. Um, I think we learned, you know what percentage of our pay is supposed to go towards rent that kind of thing but, there was nothing this involved. <laughs> yeah. I I just wonder, like, how is it that the professionals that they engage with for this project, like, how do they even like, take them seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: That is one of those things we just kind of have to whistle past for this episode.
1: <laughs> I suppose.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it seems... It's such an important age to learn about things like how to pay your taxes <laughs> you know how to how to do all like what to look for when you're signing up for a loan like stuff like that, especially for high school students because you're you're a couple years away, if not a year away or less from making like one of the most important financial decisions of your entire life and you're like seventeen or eighteen. <laughs>
1: i'm I'm really not convinced that you know a seventeen or eighteen year old mind can truly comprehend that decision <laughs> not I'm, at
0: all, but we can do more for them.
1: i'm I'm not sure I still <laughs> understand <laughs> the enormity of that decision.
0: <laughs> it's a very fair um, point,
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so I don't know, it's just yeah, more could be done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh but this does give us the combination of Jane and Brittany, and I am very much for it. hmm I'm trying to remember if I could I could swear it has happened, but I, I'm drawing a total blank in terms of like specific moments.
1: Yeah. There are moments, but they're not nearly as extended as in this episode. Yeah. It is a an excellent combination.
0: It is. It is. The other combination that we get out of this too is Jody and Daria and please give me an entire show.
1: Yes. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that kind of the idea? <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: so theoretically, <laughs> theoretically. We'll see. Yeah. Oh man, we have to talk about that at some point if the cuz I don't know, we're not going to be done this podcast for at least another year, right? Maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, if by the time we're wrapping this up, Jody and Daria or I guess Jody is the is the official like spinoff name at this point, uh if that comes out, we're going to have to discuss if we're if we're going to be covering that. And
1: yeah, I mean it and would how be it's like gonna a like natural to our coverage. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, also, this
0: reminds me. We got uh, we got some mail earlier. I'm not going to read out the whole email or anything, which is why I'm bringing it up now. But just to, to clarify, the order in which we will be covering the seasons four and five and the two movies, it'll be in broadcast order. So, like, we're going to cover season four, then the first movie, then season five, then the second movie. Just so yeah, it'll be it'll be in the order of the story. Nothing's going to get mixed up like that. I think the only thing we have yet to figure out is if we're going to cover each movie in one episode or two episodes a piece.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's probably going to be a kind of winging it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we'll see how much note, how, how much we have in the way of notes and, <laughs> and decide. Oh my there. God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause in my head, I'm like, boy, a three hour episode of Morgan dorks. That sounds like both exhausting and hilarious. <laughs>
1: Oh, we're just going our brains are going to be mush by the end.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's what's going to be great about it.
1: <laughs> I like I don't know if I can sustain 3 hours of just un, uh, of just edited time, you know. <laughs> how, how long would it be? What? 4 hours more? <laughs> oh man. I don't think I have that much time in the night
0: <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a good point too. At some point, we're just fighting sleep. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty Although sure I, I took a nap before this episode. I'm not sure, but <laughs> i fairly certain, so yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think back to recording some of our first episodes like the our recording of Esteemsters took something like three hours, I think.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
0: We've gotten so much better at this.
1: <laughs> at least it shows in pre production. I don't know about post production, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the Morgendorfer residence, Daria and Jody are trying to figure out what their project will be. Daria is not being particularly helpful, but eventually, Jody corrals her into working on applying for a small business loan. Over at Britney's palatial estate, she's pitching ideas to Jane as Len's feeling all right plays in the background. (laughs) She suggests they plan a wedding, and boy howdy does it open a door into her psyche. We're just gonna go ahead and play this clip.
1: I guess we could say you're marrying your high school sweetheart, and I'm just there for moral support. Oh no, I'm not marrying that. No, you're not actually- I tell you what, we'll tell them my high school sweetheart begged and begged me to marry him. But I finally had enough of all his immature behavior and went off to the Bahamas to be alone and think. And I met a wonderful, young, stable hand named Andre. And the minute we looked into each other's eyes, we knew it had to be. Because anyone who knows that much about horses would certainly know a lot about women. You want to go get some pizza? Wow. Wow. Brittany has really read one too many romance novels
0: (laughs) (laughs) but she's reading that's good
1: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway when we cut we then cut to Mac and Kevin uh, another unlikely duo forced together by circumstance and it is not going particularly well for them Uh, the three partnerships all manage to end up at the pizza place at the same time Jane makes the executive decision that her and Brittany will be going to We'll be trying to buy a car. Uh, Brittany and Kevin trade barbs. Jody and Mac, later joined by Kevin, split off to grab some pizza. And Jane invites Daria to sit and have a slice. But Daria insists she's not hungry and instead walks out, much to Jane's chagrin. And that is the end of Act One.
1: I imagine it is a bit to Jody's chagrin as well. <laughs> like, weren't they just oh, God, taking yes. a break? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we talk briefly about the sheer depth of Jane Lane's patience?
1: Sure. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> not only is her best friend being a total shitbird, but she is working calmly with what might be one of the most exhausting people on the planet.
1: Yeah, a patient, but also I would think that this is high entertainment for Jane. <laughs> 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 uh, a look into Britney's mind, and world. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, that house.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very good point.
1: It's a lot of like tiger skin rugs, right?
0: <laughs> there, are t- there are tiger skin rugs. They skinned the ceramic tigers. And got the- <laughs> also, kind of speaking of which, like, it's pretty tough to watch Daria act this way. Like the episode just sort of grinds to a halt when she's talking and It's being dragged kicking and screaming by just the really, really great work of every other side character.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, if there's anyone who is going to write an episode that works in which Daria is not um, providing any momentum, (laughs) it would be Eichler, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: a very good point. That's the thing. Normally, you know, with the i, I find myself, I am more tolerant now of the B plot gang than I was previously. Like you have converted me on that front.
1: It helps that they have a name now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Now that I can identify them, I still find myself getting like a little tired of their antics from time to time. Not once in this episode,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it. The jokes aren't just completely out of left field. You know, there's um, a lot of good three beats in this episode, you know, and and it works. It works. So I'm not complaining.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So act two opens at the car dealership where the partnerships of Jane and Brittany and Kevin and Mac are each looking to purchase a vehicle. Brittany seems as though she's going to get a deal because her salesperson is extraordinarily sleazy and he is appropriately backed by Beck's sex laws. While Kevin and Max seem like they're going to get turbo screwed because their salesperson is extraordinarily slick.
1: Again, I am amazed that anybody is giving these kids the time of day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody would, it would be a sleazy Car dealer, <laughs> car salesman. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the thing. Like these are the people who would absolutely take advantage of this.
1: <laughs> so I suppose it's good that they that, that the episode starts here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the willing suspension of disbelief. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll note that Jane, Brittany, Kevin, and Mac are looking at purchasing. They're both looking at the same model of car, and that model of car appears to be modeled after. Uh, The like 99, 2000 era Dodge Viper, which in the year 2000 would have cost, would not have cost the $20,000 that the episode implies. It would actually run you about $70,000. Holy hell! Yeah. Even today, 20 years later, a 2000 Dodge Viper is still going to cost you about 40 grand.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I always really liked that car. I don't know. I can't help it.
1: I have no opinion. As with most (laughs) cars.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, I drive a Nissan Altima. It's gray. It has no personality whatsoever. It just goes from place to
1: place. (laughs) Duct tape, maybe?
0: Uh, Not anymore. Not anymore. Ah. No, that that car. Oh, boy, that car.
1: Meanwhile, uh, the... um, for for a good month during this pandemic, uh, my car was in the shop. <laughs> oh <laughs> because no. Because the electrical system just like completely imploded.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> it, it it just stopped working. Like apparently what was happening was the the car, the car's battery was being drained even after the car was turned off. Uh and it was something apparently the bluetooth hadn't been installed correctly <laughs> how does that work <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know we took it to the mechanic who said uh, i can't, i don't have the schematics for this you're going to have I, and the dealership won't give it to me you're going to have to take it to the dealer the dealer tried to charge us like a ridiculous amount of money and so yeah that's about so, right so we talked talk to the mechanic again, and he's like, "I know a guy," <laughs> and so we went to ele- an electronic specialist, and uh, and we ended up spending about like half of what the dealership wanted to charge us. So, uh, yeah, I know, but the car lives; it doesn't have a rear view camera anymore, which really kind of sucks but that sucks it has an entirely new radio system (laughs) that's
0: kind of it's a neat trade off
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah something i really don't care about but hey (laughs) anyway they're totally off topic now At least it happened what, when I didn't actually need a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: was gonna say a quarantine is not a bad time for it to have car issues. Not if uh-huh. there is a good time to have car issues, quarantine would probably be it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, over at the bank, Jody and Daria are pitching their idea of an investment firm for young people. The man they're talking they're bleh. The man they're talking to notes, rightly, that two high school students with no previous business experience would be a high-risk investment, and he shoots the pitch down. Unless, he says, Daria's father might be willing to co-sign. When Daria declines and the banker begins wrapping up the conversation, Jody points out that he didn't ask about her dad. When the banker takes a second look at their application and realizes Jody's dad is a huge name in the business world, he begins to say they could find a way to make it work. But Jody's having none of this bullshit. She tells the banker. Yeah, she tells the banker that her father is the same quote unquote high risk color she is and storms out. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of yeah. a timely episode to be covering right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Some things never seem to change, huh?
0: Yeah. I mean, worth worth reminding everyone. I don't think anybody needs to be reminded, but it's worth saying like this aired more than 20 years ago and it still feels very much on point.
1: Yeah. But fingers crossed. It seems like some things are changing right now. So yeah, here's hoping. Yeah.
0: Um, Or at least more people are talking about it. And that's how, you know, that's how we move forward. Mm -hmm. I will say I did appreciate Daria in this scene. We will, we'll be talking quite a bit later about Jody's side of this scene. But I do want to say I appreciated Daria saying that her role in the company would be public relations. <laughs> um, and Jody very quickly covering and saying Daria's more the inside person. I'm more the outside person. <laughs>
1: <And> yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daria is completely aware <laughs> of how people see her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then after Jody storms out, Daria just kind of calmly stands up and says, "Well, I guess that makes me the outside person." <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's just, it's just so frigging shitty what this guy does. And, and I'm really glad that Jody called him on it. (laughs) Absolutely. But also, also like, it just amazes me that a bank employee would even sit down and give a couple of high school students the time of day to consider a business loan. Like, what? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. There's a there's a level of overt politeness to even taking that meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it is quickly squandered by being a racist piece of shit.
1: It's just, yeah. It's terrible.
0: Daria does reference, we, we talked briefly a little bit earlier about continuity. Daria does reference Jake's heart attack in the bank scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Again, it's a very small thing, but because of how little continuity we've had over the course of the previous three seasons, it stands out just a little bit.
1: And um, to add to that continuity, um, Jody has in the past said that this is what she wants to do with her life. She wants to open a business um, for that, that is supporting other people. Um, Young black people who want to start businesses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right absolutely. So so we're carrying that through on this episode, too.
0: Outside the bank, Daria chases after Jody, who says she just wants to be judged on her own merits. Daria suggests maybe the banker they talk to at the next bank won't be quite so stupid, and Jody says, "Maybe, but maybe not." Uh, we cut to the next bank where Jody pitches her idea again, but this time she drops her dad's name right at the outset. Daria is clearly not very pleased, but we don't get time to marinate in the awkwardness of that moment because we move straight over to Jane's room where where her and Brittany are chatting about their project. They're interrupted by a ring at the door. It's sleazy salesman guy. He looked up Jane's address and just happened by in the car they were looking at earlier because, you know, that's not the sort of thing that gets you a court date.
1: (laughs) What confuses me about that scene is... He looked up Jane's address.
0: <laughs> I got nothing.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't understand it either. Because <laughs> he's clearly not after Jane. So what's going on here? Anyway. Right.
0: <laughs> Along those lines, I do want to point out uh, the moment where Trent walks into Jane's room and he says, hey, Jane, hey, Dar- whoa.
1: He's... <laughs> Is- <laughs>
0: Maybe it's like up there for one of my favorite little moments in the series.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is really, really good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the episode itself is very much about to discuss what Jody did in the second bank. But before we get there, what do we think of that? Like, what did we think of it as it was happening? You know, was that like a savvy move by Jody, or was it hypocritical? Was it, is it, you know, it's possible for it to be both? Was it both? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh boy. It's a trap um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it it struck me as on character. Jody has been portrayed in the past as sharp and pragmatic. Um, I mean, do we want to talk about mauled at this point or should we talk about it later?
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> um I mean, we can I mean, we can talk about it both times. It's fun.
1: Okay, so, so so in Malt, remember when she gives the marketers shit, um, but then she takes their coupons anyway. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing. Like she understands that in in many ways, she is a person at a disadvantage. You know, she's young, she's a woman, and she's black, and she. It's a person that works hard, but she also will work the system if she gets a chance. <laughs> like this is my understanding of Jody. So, you know, I, I got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's spot on. Um, I think that's that's everything that we've seen from Jody thus far. Uh, I think it's on character. It, it's and it obviously is, is at ends with what Daria sees as the ideal, and and we're about to get into that. But yeah, I remember when I first, when I first watched this series back, way back, way back. I remember feeling just like a, this, like a little sting of, of disappointment in seeing mm. that Jody would like flip that quickly on it. And as years have gone by, <laughs> and my perspective has opened up a little bit, it's, it's, I've come around to pretty much exactly what you were saying, like. This is her knowing that the system is stacked against her, and she's going to take advantage of whatever she can to try and even things out.
1: Yeah, I think I think that like if if there's anything that would take me by surprise, it is that she learns and and. Uh, that she changes her perspective so quickly, you know, um, that she adapts so quickly is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> um, you, you know, because because she's so upset when she leaves the bank um, and and Daria right there with her to support her. So we get to see Daria's shock. Um, so, so so like when when she turns around and and drops her dad's name it's like holy hell you got over that fast but no <laughs> no like <laughs> she has to adapt quickly <laughs> she's a she is a fast learner
0: <laughs> so back at daria's house jody and daria are going over how they'll present their successful project to the economics class jody's excited but something's clearly bugging daria when jody calls her out on it daria suggests maybe it was hypocritical to get angry about the first banker dismissing jody based on her youth and race until he found out who her father was only to turn around and then make sure that the very first thing she said to the second banker was her father's name jody is taking none of this shit and points (laughs) out that their assignment was to get a loan and that's what she did she used the resources at her disposal She has no intention of apologizing and refuses to be lectured on ethics for approaching a problem like a smart business person. So she storms out, leaving Daria alone and feeling like shit. Now we get to marinate in the awkwardness of the moment because that's the end of act two.
1: Yeah, and what makes it even more awkward is that Daria's mom is watching. (laughs) Yeah,
0: just standing there at the base of the stairs like, ooh, shit.
1: (laughs) You know, but it does add a nice little layer of like awareness to the scene or perspective I guess to the scene uh it's like in hamlet when um you can choose to have someone eavesdropping on hamlet in when he's performing his to be or not to be soliloquy right and right. and like and if hamlet is actually aware that someone is eavesdropping on him, that adds another layer to it, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing. I mean, not nearly as dramatic, maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) What will they be talking about in hundreds of years? Will they be talking about episode one, season four of Daria? Or will they be talking about Hamlet? (laughs) Hmm. Uh but yeah it it do, you're absolutely right it does add it just brings another layer in it makes the scene a little bit more real.
1: Right and and their fight is about real world shit you know it's yeah, not absolutely. like it's not like petty high school stuff um, you know <laughs> they're they're fighting about something that has that has real world ramifications and they're going to be carrying into you know, their adulthood. So it's it's intense.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And oh by the way, Jody, like still still the absolute model citizen on the way out, politely but firmly greets uh greets Mrs. Morgendorfer.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I honestly really wish that Jody had laid into Daria harder. Like, Daria's black-and-white approach to ethics is in large part a result of her privilege. And, you know, she just doesn't have to navigate a world that that systematically works to keep her from achieving what she desires. And I really wish that Jody like... One of the things that I love about the way that Jody and Daria interact is how straightforward they argue. (laughs) But, But for me, like... I just wanted Jody to do more here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, I mean, she, you know, granted admirably, she kept it, she kept it civil and, and like made it about being a businesswoman, you know, and, and I can appreciate that. But, oh, come on. Daria, Daria needs more than that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not only is Jodi striving to become successful herself, as I mentioned before, she wants to help other young people of color be successful too. And, you know, she is basically playing this game on extra hard. So, uh, I don't know, maybe if Daria had some more personal exposure to injustice, you know, she would be more forgiving (laughs) of those who cross the gray area, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you you mentioned Mald earlier, and you know, all the way back that was all the way back in season one, episode six, and and we talked then about how this show would have a common theme of Daria being the most principled person in the room, and mm-hmm. how you know a lot of times that would make her someone worth rooting for, and sometimes it would just make her look really shitty, and uh, and we also you know as you mentioned we ha- we saw Jody's much more nuanced approach to morality and social justice and, and, you know, pragmatism. Uh, and you know, all of that is all on display here. Uh, and I think it's, you know, considerably more engaging this time around, perhaps because it's more well done. Perhaps it's because we care more about these characters, but it, it's, it's fascinating to see the clash as painful as it is to watch, you know, these two characters that we care about, uh, get these digs in at one another. It's also just pretty good television. Like, <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I can't help but just kind of watch, like, wow, as Jody just starts laying into Daria about this.
1: Yeah, and I'm really glad that they chose not to have Mama Morgendorfer step in and say anything <laughs> at yeah. the end of this scene. You know, just like let her be silent. It it works.
0: Absolutely. At the pizza place for the beginning of act three, the unlikely duo of Jody and Brittany are chatting about their projects backed by Three Elevens come original. Kevin and Mac drop by to discuss how they fared at the dealership. And Kevin reveals he misinterpreted the assignment and straight up bought a car.
1: Oh God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mac asks Jody how her and Daria's project went. And Jody's response is a deeply loaded. Okay. I guess, uh, back at the Morgendorfer residence, Daria's reading when Helen walks into her room. Helen witnessed the blow-up between Jane and Daria, as we noted, and she's here to chat about it. You said Jane
1: and Daria, by the way.
0: God damn it. Helen witnessed the blow-up between (laughs) Jody and Daria earlier, and she's here to talk about it. Uh, She gives Daria every chance to back out of the discussion, but Daria, obviously torn up, goes ahead with it. Daria asks Helen if she sees her daughter as a, quote, rigid, unhealing, unrealistic, unforgiving, self-righteous jerk who can't hold onto a friend, unquote. And Helen points out that having strong beliefs isn't something to feel bad about. She also notes that, of course, that style would clash with Jody's more pragmatic nature, but it doesn't mean anybody is necessarily the villain, especially when one of them is having a really, really bad day. Helen tells Daria people aren't as alienated as easily as she thinks – And if Daria doesn't believe her, she can ask Jane. Oh, boy. Yeah. Before we get into the more serious stuff, uh, I just want to note, I'm not sure we've actually talked about it before on this show, but the voice actor for Brittany, Janie Mertz, uh, is also the voice actor for Sandy. And the only reason that I thought to mention it here is because uh, Brittany's pseudo-intellectual voice is very, very much straight out of (laughs) Sandy.
1: Oh, you can definitely hear it later when she's like, we shan't do blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shan't <laughs> shall or so. I, can't, I don't know what it was, but.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll also, again, real quick before we get into more serious stuff, uh, Helen's advice to rinse off your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher is bad. Don't wash your dishes before putting them in the dishwasher. It's a waste of water and it makes the dishwasher less effective. It's brought to you by someone whose father has worked on appliances for like 50 years.
1: I'm guilty of this, but also learn how to clean your dishwasher. Yep.
0: yep. <laughs> it does need to be clean. There's, there's filters in there and stuff, man. You got it. You got to yeah. do that.
1: I remember when I said something to Sheila about cleaning the the dishwasher and she was like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's how that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> uh to Love to you, her uh,
1: <laughs>
0: to her credit i think our like i don't know if ours actually has any kind of filter on it anywhere like i don't think we actually have How is anything that possible? Too clean in ours i don't know but i've looked for it all over the place and i've shown my i've shown my dad <laughs> and he's like <laughs> yeah i don't know um, <laughs> it's a very old and shitty dishwasher like it, it, uh, okay. it's extremely not okay that we rely on it to make our plates healthy <laughs> To eat off of
1: <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> anyway super neither here nor there
1: <laughs> let's get back on track now <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so helen's non-dishwasher related advice is mm-hmm. to some extent solid uh there are some problems with it
1: yeah i think she is way too easy on daria here just i mean of course i expected jodia uh, I expected Jody to be harder on Daria, but I feel like Helen is really missing an opportunity to talk to her daughter about race here. And, I mean, (laughs) when when they were talking about aliens in one of the previous episodes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Helen was all over that. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this so hard? You know why is it so hard to talk to her daughter about the fact that you know Jody is black and therefore has a different reality than Daria? You know, and maybe maybe Daria needs to shift her own perspective a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a bit disappointed.
0: I think. Helen's advice as it pertains to Jane is pretty okay where she basically yes. just kind of says like hey talk to your goddamn best friend.
1: Right. But okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> and, and and I think that I think that this is kind of it is illustrating a much larger problem <laughs> and and probably not intentionally. The fact that Helen is not equipped to discuss race with her daughter, yet she is gung-ho about feminist issues, is pointing to this larger issue of uh, feminism not always being intersectional. And, you know, even when there is a a moment like this, in which you're not equipped to talk about it, you can at least recognize that there's a gap there. You know, you can right. say, Hey, I don't have a lot of experience with this, or I completely recognize that I have a lot of privilege here and I don't know the other side. But practice some empathy for a minute (laughs) or let's recognize that, you know, everyone is at a disadvantage here, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, that you know, women and people of color are both at a disadvantage. Um, So, you know, it's, there is definitely room for improvement uh, as what I'm saying. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get off of my my high horse now.
0: <laughs> no, hey, I'm, I think you you're voicing you're voicing all of the issues much much more clearly than than I could. So <laughs> it's a little disappointing, and I think that you know that strikes particularly hard because we've seen that Helen is an extremely capable mother at times. <laughs> like we've seen flashes of her being very good at this. And so I think when she when she misses an opportunity like this it's kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, not every mom is on 100% of the time.
0: No, god. <laughs> not every parent Friday. is on.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you know, People are flawed, um, so and, and our expectations of them are much much higher than they ever should be, but <laughs> that's what keeps us going, right?
0: <laughs> In economics class, the students are giving their presentations. Uh, when the moment of truth comes along and Daria has a chance to talk about what made their project successful, Daria says it was about being able to tailor their approach to what would make the banks most comfortable with lending them money. Phew. Uh, perhaps it was Ben Lee's Nothing Much Happens playing in the background that convinced her. Uh, we don't really get to see the rest of the presentation, but we do catch up with Jody and Daria right after class. They apologize to one another, each admitting there were aspects of this whole thing they could have handled better, and all is chill. Jody wanders off and is replaced immediately by Jane, who in a really wonderful little exchange finds an extremely roundabout and indirect way to let Daria know that, yeah, she's been acting like a jerk, but she gets it, and it's okay, and they're still best friends. For serious guys it's touching as hell uh anyway they agree to meet for pizza after school and we go back to the pizza place for the third time this episode um, talk
1: about those three beats <laughs> yeah uh,
0: backed by will smith's will 2k hell yes uh Jane wow, this is <laughs>
1: uh this soundtrack is just knocking it out <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was actually i was looking at the the song list for the next for like the next you know seven or eight episodes and it's kind of crazy like it really ramps up and between that and the animation looking so much better i'm wondering if the show got like a budget overhaul between seasons three and four
1: hmm maybe that's something we should look into
0: ah i mean
1: you know <laughs> if that information is available i don't know
0: <laughs> god but who among who among us likes to research things hmm. um, <laughs> So anyway, backed by Will Smith's Will2K, Jane is telling Daria her Britney stories, and Daria's almost wishing she had Tom's stories back. Uh, in while Kevin and Brittany, who have made up, of course, but that only lasts for a few seconds, of course, as in runs the sleazy car dealer from earlier, we of course. We see him course. for the
1: third time. <laughs> mm.
0: uh, and he's looking to sell the car that Kevin returned. It touches off a fight. Daria and Jane reflect on everything being back to normal. And we go to credits with Any Day Now by Biff Naked. So I, I made, uh, I made a point to, I made it a point to point out the, uh, exchange between Jane and Daria, where Jane basically forgives Daria. Uh, it took some like linguistic gymnastics for Jane to get to where she was going. And it, it just a little bit of the momentum died in it, uh, because of that, but (laughs) it really was a great moment. It's, it's prime Jane Lane, best friend. It's so nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. There there were definitely lots of gymnastics, but the landing <laughs> stuck.
0: It absolutely did. What do we think of Daria's arc in this episode? Cuz there are there are two distinct points of her personality at play here, and both are some of the more difficult ones for others to work with. Like she's got her protectiveness and her neediness when it comes to Jane and then she's got her staunchly principled, Jody calls it black and white, no pun intended, approach to ethics. And getting absolutely smacked the hell down by Jody in the latter, apparently sands the edges off the former, and ultimately we get a Daria who recognizes she was being a shithead. But do we really feel like that, that was earned or <laughs> hand, or handled appropriately?
1: Oh, you ask the hard questions.
0: <laughs> That's what I, I do. That's what I, I'm actually, here
1: for. I, I'm glad that you point out this this structure for the plot because um, cause it makes you think. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you don't realize you're acting like an ass when, with your nearest <laughs> and dearest because they – They let you be you, you know, (laughs) but when you act like an ass with someone who is outside of your usual circle, it becomes clear your behavior is not acceptable. And I think that's kind of what's going on here. And from a writer perspective, this is the best way to handle it. Um, You know, provide a foil for comparison Though those two parts of her personality are distinct, as you say, like they, they stem from the same problem, rigidness. And Daria has a problem with change and with being flexible. Um, so the conflicts with Jane and with Jody showcase it with, I think, just enough distance to keep things interesting, but also to resolve the issue satisfactorily. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. You know,
0: you hesitate to call, like, Jane's edition and then this episode, like, part one and part two uh, because it's not really... Like, this part doesn't really resolve, you know, the, the conflicts of part one. Part one resolved the conflicts of part one. Part two just kind of uh plays upon them even further for some reason.
1: But in a bigger way. I mean, it, it yeah. pulls more in. Way more yeah. in.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you, Jane's edition was, like four characters. <laughs> it was a very, very small episode. And this one, uh, this one brings in so many more people. And, and, you know, as you pointed out, it's, it's less about how Daria's personality plays off the person who's around her the most and cares about her, you know, the most out of basically any of the rest of the cast aside from maybe her family. But to see like, how's that personality play off other people just out in the world? Like, how does that personality play off someone who doesn't have to deal with it all the time and doesn't have to make concessions to it to keep a friendship going? Like
1: right. And and how does that personality work in the real world? Uh, totally. Apparently it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it
0: super doesn't. It's not great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting to see like a character, a main character that, you know, we love so much um, and who we think of you know, as an intelligent person, a good student, et cetera, et cetera. You know, to see her not do well in a real world scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, without the help of someone more practical is 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 really really interesting?
0: Yeah. Oh man, I think we're we're gonna have our <laughs> we're gonna have our uh, our work cut out for us when it comes to episode ranking. I think.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but we can we can postpone that for a little bit longer <laughs> with some cultural context. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. So I noted on our Twitter a few days back that there are weeks where it feels impossible to talk about Daria in a time like this. There are so many huge and powerful and important things going on in the world that it can, on occasion, be hard to internally justify spending hours of the week prepping, recording, editing, and publishing a podcast about a 20-year-old MTV cartoon. And then Jody absolutely lays into a shitty banker for being a racist, and it reminds me of a central tenet of this podcast, something I said in our very first episode. There are many aspects of this show that are still relevant and still need to be discussed. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, Jody Langdon was a trailblazing character pushing for social justice and bringing issues of race to the fore. And 20 years later, here we are, still having the same conversations.
1: Case in point, look at the conversation Jody had with the banker and hold it up against a November 2019 consumer lending analysis by researchers at UC Berkeley. That study looked at 7 million 30-year mortgages from 2008 to 2015 and found Black and Latinx borrowers pay higher interest rates and face higher refinancing fees they are also more likely to have their credit applications rejected, regardless of qualifications. The same study found upward of 1.3 million credit-worthy minority applications that had been turned down, And this is in spite of algorithm-based approaches to the approval process that were meant to cut down on the long-acknowledged practice of discrimination in loan applications.
0: So racial discrimination like that permeates every aspect of society, and it has for centuries, to the point where only the most overt examples are enough to get white society to pay attention. So when yet another cop kills yet another unarmed black man, thousands take to the streets to protest, and rightfully so, as a black person is 2.25 times more likely than a white person to be killed by a cop. But little is made of the fact that a black woman is almost 3.3 times more likely than a white woman to die from pregnancy-related complications or you know, to something that's directly impacting uh, – or to – reflect on the health crisis of the day, a black person is 2.4 times more likely than a white person to die from COVID-19. Uh, and you can pull on that thread as much as you like, because according to the CDC in 2009, the life expectancy of a black American was 75, which was a milestone white Americans reached 30 years earlier. Like this, this is every aspect of society. You can look across the data and, and it's, it's not, these mm-hmm. aren't signs of an equal society.
1: Yeah. To go back to Jodi's experience at the bank, when she goes off on the banker, she's combating two separate examples of racism, the first being that of the banker himself, who doesn't bother to ask Jodi if her father would be able to co-sign, and the second being that of the system the banker represents, which is inherently less likely to offer loans to minority applicants in the first place, which impacts the tenor of the conversation from the jump. Conversations like this are absolutely nothing new for people of color.
0: So, in a time when people are marching in the streets, being assaulted by police with rubber bullets and tear gas and batons and fists, uh, gathering despite a deadly pandemic that could be spreading among protesters like wildfire without any of them knowing it, all for the sake of a more equal world. We must remember that it is not just about police brutality or unequal sentencing or mass incarceration or health inequity or financial inequality or hiring practices or loan approval rates or wildly unequal life expectancy. It's about all of those things and so much more. It's on the people who have benefited most from this society. So I'm looking at you, my fellow white folks, uh, to listen, to act, to make changes on the personal and societal level. Keep having tough conversations. Keep reading and lifting up black authors and voices. Uh, don't place the burden for your self-improvement on the people of color around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not there to educate you. You are there to educate yourself. Vote. Do everything you can to learn more about all of this because it impacts the people around you in so many more ways than you could ever understand. And And not realizing that doesn't make you a bad person, but- not wanting to realize that and not trying to learn more about it does make you a little shitty. Uh so <laughs> you know, like do what you can, you know, it it's be there for people, damn it, and and yeah. try to get a better world out of all this cuz you know, there there's really no excuse. You're here, here. I will say a decent place to start if if you are feeling if you are feeling that these conversations are are difficult to have or if you're not even sure where to start which i think is that's understandable like there's a there's an important aspect to this which is no one person is responsible for racism it's a centuries old thing that has you know been woven into the fabric of society and the fabric of our economy and has been uh perpetuated for centuries very specifically to benefit one group of people over other groups of people uh and and you fighting your racist uncle on Facebook is not going to change any of that <laughs> and and that's you know as long as you realize that you know and and you want to do better then that's okay like you need to but you need to educate yourself and and realizing a lot of the ways in which this stuff impacts the people around you and learning more about how to talk about it is a process and a good place to start with that process is uh, a book called So You Want to Talk About Race, it's by Iggyomo Oluo, but it, it's a phenomenal book that looks at looks at this from the perspective of a newcomer, you know, from the perspective of someone who. Wants to do right, but doesn't know how, and wants to have these conversations, but doesn't know how, and is worried about just perpetuating the shittiness even further by screwing it up. The author lays it out for you, you know, step by step. It's it's not a guide. To, it's not a guide to arguing with your racist uncle on Facebook, but it, <laughs> but it it tells you where people of color are coming from and how society. How racism is reflected in so many aspects of society that you probably haven't even thought about, and in fact, I promise you, you haven't even thought about it. It's it's eye opening. It's you know absolutely tragic. It's also uh, a pretty damn entertaining read because uh, Ishigoma is a, a fantastic uh, writer. Entirely worth reading. So you so you want to talk about race? Check it out. Uh, it's a great place to start. Like I said, uh, and. Also, like I said, please, you know, look for other black authors, look for other uh, black voices that need lifting up because they're out there. I swear to God, they're out there uh, and and they need your support anyway.
1: All right.
0: That's my, that's my soapbox.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, should we rank this episode?
0: Yeah, I tried to keep us away from it for as long as I could, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it has to happen sometime
0: it does, oh boy, all right, let's rank this episode okay so because we have a tendency to look at episodes with some similar bits running through them, I guess i I look down at the the other prominent Jody daria episode, which was Gifted. Okay. Um, I think it's fair to say this is a better episode than Gifted.
1: Yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also hard not to compare this to Jane's edition, as we good point. have been talking about it quite a lot <laughs> throughout this episode. Um, oh, very good point. Do you think that I mean how do you think this compares to Jane edition, Jane's edition? I mean, this is also written by Glenn Eichler, so apples and apples, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I yeah. I mean it, it kind of goes back to what I was what I was talking about earlier, where it's like you can almost look at these two episodes as part one and part two, you know? Mm-hmm. And it obviously obviously they're not. <laughs> <laughs> They're telling two entirely different stories, but you know we we tend to we tend to look at these episodes in terms of you know how they handle Daria as a character and and how that how what we learn about her as a character is reflected on everybody around her and uh, in uh, Jane's edition we saw how it directly impacts like I was saying earlier we saw how it directly impacts Jane and and that very small circle. And in this episode, we saw how it impacts, you know, people outside of that circle. And, uh, and it was interesting and it was every bit as revelatory, you know, and much like the end of the last episode, we got to the end of this episode and said, oh, well, I think, I think we've all learned and grown here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So like, so I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really good. I'm trying to figure out if I think it's better or worse than Jane's edition.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that I I feel like because it tackles more than Jane's Edition does and it brings in more characters and it brings in.
0: It is much more ambitious.
1: It is. Yeah. I feel like it needs more credit than Jane's Edition. <laughs>
0: No, listen, look, I've, I've made that argument before. Like, yes. I made that argument before for other episodes. So like, <laughs> to me, that's a perfectly valid point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with okay. putting this at, 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 five.
1: Sure. Okay, cool. Wow.
0: All right. Wow. Do we just start season four with like relatively easy agreement?
1: I think so. <laughs> Holy
0: shit. <laughs> All right.
1: I think we go into these expecting a lot more, <laughs> a lot more uh, pushback than we actually give, because when it comes down to it, neither of us are very combative people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we both of us are like so afraid of, <laughs> of confrontation. <laughs> One of us is just like, I think it's, I think it's number fifteen, and the other one's like. Well, I thought it was number 30, but okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I'm going to slot in Partner's Complaint at number five. That is directly below Through a Lens Darkly and directly above the episode before it, Jane's Edition. That also, I believe, gives Glenn Eichler (laughs) a firm five out of ten within our top ten. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. He knows his shit. All right. We want to wrap this episode up? Yes, we do. Okay. And that about does wrap it up for this episode of Dorks. Uh, check out our patreon you can sign up at patreon.com slash morgandorks about a buck a month you can support our silly little mission and listen to an unedited version of each podcast a few days before it airs Uh, as always please feel free to reach out to us on twitter at morgandorks email us at morgandorks at gmail.com or check out our website morgandorks.podbean.com that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n.com we're also on facebook so just search for us there we'll show up uh, special thanks to Outpost Daria Reborn. Link is in the show notes. Oh, also in the show notes, I'm going to be putting uh some uh some different places you can donate to uh if you are uh, if you are able and so inclined. Uh I you know please do do anything you can. Um
1: mm-hmm. but
0: anyway, yeah, those will be in the show notes as well. Uh and as always, thank you, Nissa.
1: Hey Rob, thank you.
0: Hey. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. We will see you again in two weeks for season four, episode two. God damn it, I didn't put the new episode title in here. Hold on just a second.
1: No, no, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God, you're so good at this. All right. <laughs> we'll see you again in two weeks for season four, episode two Antisocial Climbers here on Morgan Dorks.